1: for Montana's only daily sports talk show. Nuwana is now. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television.
0: Down to the wire under the gun. We're coming down to it, but here we are. It's noana's now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. Busy couple days with pro days running around, gathering results, gathering some sound. And also a busy evening last night with the NCAA Men's Basketball Championship. We will get to both Grizz Pro Day today, sort of comparing and overlaying it with what happened in Bozeman yesterday, Montana State's Pro Day. We will also talk about last night's championship game. The Kansas Jayhawks take down North Carolina 72-69 for their third men's basketball tournament title. Third national championship for the uh, Jayhawks. Second under Bill Self and first since 2008. So we'll talk about that game. Also hear a little bit from Coach Self uh, just via the NCAA press conference that occurred last night. The game result means that the tournament is over, which means we have some winners but we also need your help (laughs) deciphering our bracket challenge because as we host this on the ESPN national site we're obviously ESPN radio here of course and we don't have access to the back end of your personal ESPN account so some of you people out there have your First and last name attached to your account. That's great. We can find you. But there's a couple others that maybe don't. So if you're checking out or if you're listening right now, just check out the Nuanas Now Bracket Challenge as well as the Nuanas Now ESPN Missoula Redo Bracket. And, and uh, if by chance we are beckoning, hearkening to you, calling out to you, let us know. You can always get a hold of the show no matter what for that purpose or other purposes, feedback, questions, comments, any of that stuff. 406-888-1029, that's 888-1029, call us or text us uh, when we get to the bracket challenge stuff, or otherwise as well, if you have comments, questions, whatever you might want to talk about. So we'll get through all of the Grizz uh, pro, uh, uh, pro Day stuff, as well as the um, NCAA Men's Basketball Championship, we're also going to our Treasure State Stars, as it is a Tuesday, we do this each Tuesday here, uh, on Nuanas now. And uh, we will also return to Tagliari Tuesday. Tagliari Tuesdays, we kept doing it throughout this month, but we haven't been giving you the giveaway portion of it. But we'll get back to that next week because Tagliari, they were kind enough to provide gift cards for the Bracket Challenge prize packages. So we're going to have six total winners, the top three placers in the overall Bracket Challenge as well as the Second Chance Bracket Challenge. So we'll get to that here uh, in just a minute. And then top of the hour, we are also going to do something we haven't done around here in a little while, a game that Ryan Toutel and I used to play, especially during the summertime when we're just looking for stuff to do. It's called a blindside. So we just come up with a couple open-ended, arbitrary, sometimes broad, sometimes detailed sports questions. And uh, we'll ask them to each other. So Andrew Houghton, our producer here at ESPN Radio, as well as uh, contributing writer, SkylineSportsMT.com. He will have some blindsides for me, and I will have some blindsides for him. It's not really nice right now. Snowing, blustery cold. That was definitely a key part of the storyline here uh, for Pro Day for the University of Montana. But spring is coming. We will have nice weather sooner than later. Maybe you need some new Grizz gear for the upcoming summer months. Grizz Nation's favorite outfitter is the M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. And the M Store now has a brand new location in downtown Missoula. You can come check out the new storefront located on the corner of Higgins and Broadway. The M Store in Missoula has been your Grizz gear headquarters for more than 10 years, offering some of the most original University of Montana gear you'll find in the Garden City. Next time you're downtown, swing in. Come by the M-Store today or wear what the Grizz wear. You can also shop online, montanamstore.com. If you want to stream the show, listen to the show anywhere besides your traditional radio, traditional television, you can always do that on your mobile devices. Visit the station website, 1029espn.com. Click on Listen Live. You'll find the stream. You can also always watch us and stream us on YouTube. We are, of course, coming to you from the Northwest Motorsport Studio. Now through April 10th, that's only a couple days away, you can get free gas when you shop at Northwest Motorsport, nwmsrocks.com, slash free gas. To check out the Northwest's largest inventory of trucks, as well as save on the pump, shop Northwest Motorsport, nwmsrocks.com, slash free gas. Uh, Let's talk a little bit about this national championship game before we get to some of the Grizz Pro Day stuff. It was uh, a good game. Uh, It was a tale of two halves, to be sure. And that has been kind of Kansas down the stretch here uh, through the last couple rounds of the NCAA tournament. And I must admit that I had a little bit of proximity bias when it came to Kansas and against Kansas because the first time I'd ever seen the Kansas Jayhawks in person was last year at the... NCAA tournament in Indianapolis and I watched a Kansas team that needed a, a bunch of late threes, a late shooting spree to get past Eastern Washington, but they gave up 84 points to the Big Sky Conference champions in the first round and they needed 93 to dispatch of Eastern and then I watched That was... Uh, at the uh, the Fairgrounds Arena in Indianapolis, which is such a funny arena. Maybe we'll come back to that a little later on. But one of the funnier venues I've ever watched basketball in. But that's what happens when you have a single-site 64-team tournament. You need seven legitimate gyms. So uh, the first one in a sort of strange venue. And then the second in an iconic venue. Hinkle Fieldhouse, one of the iconic venues in all of basketball. It's the place they filmed Hoosiers. It's on the Butler campus. The Butler campus is awesome. A really cool place. Really, I'm sure a really fun place to go to school and a really fun place to watch a basketball game. That's all to say, though, the final of the 14 games I was able to watch in Indianapolis live and in person last year was Kansas suffering their largest loss in the history of their NCAA tournament appearances. And they've made, I don't even know how many, 30-plus? I mean, they've been in the NCAA tournament for Every year for the duration of my life, I think. I I can't even remember the last time Kansas missed the NCAA tournament. So a historic loss to USC. Thought the Jayhawks didn't look good. We were sitting in a section full of Kansas people. And many of the grown men in that said section wearing their Jayhawks gear were literally crying. And it was one of the indelible memories of my trip to Indy. But also one I couldn't get out of my head. And so I think I really underrated Kansas this year. I mean, I obviously did. I had Kansas losing in the Sweet 16, in my bracket, and Kansas instead, the 2022 NCAA uh, Tournament Champions, as it were. The Jayhawks, uh, sort of an understated one seed because they they weren't getting the, the West Coast hype like Gonzaga or Arizona. And uh, who was the fourth one seed? I can't even remember now. Oh, Baylor, the defending national champions. Baylor had uh, one of their best big guys go down, down the stretch. They're still able to get to a one seed, but... I thought that Kansas, their ability to be resilient, especially in the second halves of games, and particularly against Miami uh, in the Sweet 16 to go to the Elite, or maybe that was in the Elite Eight, in the Elite Eight to go to the Final Four. And uh, then last night, I mean, I was feeling pretty good because I put a little, I sprinkled a little money on uh, North Carolina after our good friend Colby Dant from the College Basketball Experience came on the show. He was saying, hey, you know, You can mess around with the over, maybe. You can mess around with North Carolina covering, even if you can tease it to a point or two, get them at five-point dogs or something like that. But he said, I think the real money value is in the North Carolina money line. I think they can, and I think they will win this game. I thought that, too. So I did put a little money on the North Carolina money line. Uh, Not so fast, not so much, but I was feeling pretty good at halftime because Kansas was down, I believe, 15 points at the break. But they came out, and they instantly cut it to 9 and then they turned it into a back-and-forth game that then they took control of and ultimately closed it out. Uh, I actually only have known for like a week that Andrew, Andrew Houghton, our producer here at ESPN Radio, as well as uh, my good friend and roommate, uh, I did no, had no idea that uh, he was a Kansas guy until I got home uh, from Bozeman on Saturday, and uh, it was halftime of the, of the Kansas uh, game. And I said, hey, what's up? You want to go uh, downtown, watch a game somewhere? He's like, oh, I'm gonna have to meet you after this game. I'm a nervous wreck. And I was like, why? He's like, Kansas got to win this game. I didn't know. So I know you watched this game very intently last night as we were uh, watching together from our our uh, good the good friends Brian Cody spot the uh, Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill. What did you think overall? Because uh, this was sort of a a replay of what got Kansas to the Final Four and uh, a team
2: that sort of flew under the radar all year and now is national champions. Yeah, well, I managed to watch this one actually in polite company and not debase myself too much screaming at the TV. So that was nice. Um, what a weird experience for me. Uh, watched most of the first half in a in a state of shock because Kansas was actually the team that jumped out right away. I think they for were sure. up 7 nothing. They were. 7 nothing uh, and 9-2. to two. And I was like, well, is this just going to be a repeat of the Villanova game where they sort of never really let them back into it and led wire to wire? And then North Carolina looked like... Uh, world beaters for the rest of the first half, and you go into halftime down 15, and it's like, man, I was shocked at that point. You just need to come out of halftime and make something happen. You can't let it get any bigger. You got to come out and get the first couple buckets of the second half. And once they did that, I was right back to feeling uh, confident about that team. I mean, the thing about this Kansas team, culture is this team has a bunch of juniors and seniors. I mean, this is sort of like Bill Self's great teams from before the one-and-done era really got kicked off. I mean, he had all these guys, guys like Perry Ellis and Thomas Robinson, Cole Aldrich and Sharon Collins, um, who, who would just build and build and build, and by the time they were their junior, senior years, were really good and really steady teams. And that's sort of the vibe I got from this team and watching them come back last night. I mean, these are guys who went through, they were supposed to be, they were in the hunt for the number one overall seed in 2020, when the tournament got canceled. So they had the disappointment from there. They had the disappointment, of course, like you talked about, getting blown out by USC in the tournament last year. They've been through some stuff, man. It was just a a really steady veteran performance, and I I really enjoyed watching it. And especially at the end, when sort of things were things were no longer in doubt, sort of after Caleb Love missed that three, and and we were we were wrapping it up. It was really nice to watch. The
0: this Nuwans now ESPN Radio SWX Montana Television Andrew Houghton our producer here with me Colter Nuwans thanks so much for hanging out with us here on your Tuesday some Grizz Pro Day stuff coming up but uh, just finished up uh, some initial thoughts on Kansas's seventy two sixty nine win over North Carolina I said their third national championship it's actually their third NCAA tournament title since the t- since the tournament expanded. But their fourth overall national title, they also won back in 1952. So Kansas' national title is now 1952, a team that included uh, Dean Smith. So that's interesting that both Dean Smith and Roy Williams have sort of roundabout North Carolina and Kansas connections. Also very interesting that Dean Smith, the legendary head coach for North Carolina, a Kansas alum who then beat North Carolina. Uh, Also famously, the 1988 Kansas team. Probably widely regarded as the greatest team in, in school history. I mean, Danny Manik wasn't the most outstanding player of the Final Four. And uh, Larry Brown, the head coach, went on to great fame. And then Kansas also won in 2008 with Mario Chalmers and some other uh, great players on that team. That was Bill Self's first national championship. So, Andrew, in your time following, I guess, where do you think this one ranks? Is the eighty eight team widely considered the best in school history?
2: It, it, this one isn't, right? I don't think this one is. No, I mean, I think it would have to be the 08 team, and I have bias for that one, of course, because that's the one I watched, but the for sure. the 88 team was uh, Danny and the Miracles. I mean, they weren't supposed to win that title. That was sort of a, a huge underdog run in 88 that year with Danny Manning sort of uh, carrying them to that title. I think the 08 team is sort of historically underrated because not a lot of those guys went and did anything in the league. Sure, uh, Mario Chalmers had a good... Had a decent career in the league and and he sort of won a couple more titles i mean that guy was a winner but brandon rush never really did anything in the league huh. but that team sure. of like mario chalmers brandon rush julian wright uh i thought julian wright was would be better in the nba he was just sort of a tweener man because he was yeah. 6'8 and he was bullying people and he was athletic in college but he couldn't really shoot um sharon collins was a backup on that team i i love that 08 team more than life itself so like Tough for me to say, but, um, yeah, I mean, when you win a championship, it's historically relevant no matter how you rank them. Last thing here, and we're going to come
0: back to this, but um, Bill Self did mention uh, one of the the players on Kansas, whose name I always have a hard time pronouncing, but as he said he was the most accomplished player at Kansas since – uh, Danny Manning. It's the, the guard. You know who I'm talking about. Agbaje? Agbaje. Ochai Agbaje. Ochai Agbaje. Okay. Uh, do you agree with that sentiment? This guy just seems like such a, I don't know. I, see, I have a really hard time analyzing all this stuff because I'm so obsessed with and know the ins and outs of the NBA so well. Just because I've read so many books and stories about it, that I I can't help but analyze every single guy I ever watched based on if they're league or not. And I just think that he's, like, such a fringe league guy. But that doesn't do anything to demean from his college resume. I don't think Bill Suff would say something like he's the most accomplished player in Kansas history unless that was sort of true.
2: I mean, at this point, you can make an argument because he's the NCAA tournament most outstanding player. I mean, he was consensus first-team All-American. He's the Big 12 player of the year this year. I mean, that is... When you get down to it, I mean, not a lot of players have a have a year uh, that ranks up with that. Sure. Uh, Did you think he deserved the Final Four
0: Outstanding Player? I thought McCormick was going to be their guy because he had such a great tournament all the way
2: around. And wasn't either leading scorer last night, too. He had a double double last night for sure. Agbaji was so good against Villanova um, in the Final Four game. Um, David McCormick, 15 points, 10 rebounds last night. Yeah.
0: And Agbaji, 12 points and three rebounds last night.
2: Yeah, interesting. Um, is, it, is it the final four most outstanding players or is it for the whole tournament? Well, it's for
0: it's just for the final four, but a lot of times they there's a lot more that goes into it. Like I, I hearken back to when Sean May won it, and he was very good in the final four, but it was his carrying North Carolina the tournament championship right. for the duration of six. I mean, usually it's a body of work, combined with who's really the best of the final four I don't know I, I just I thought McCormick was also the best of the final four though too he just seemed like the guy that was the biggest standout for Kansas
2: yeah right um as far as as far as his whole body of work I do think this pushes him right up there I mean none of the guys on that he has something that not a lot of guys in Kansas history do with the with the title I mean none of the guys on the 08 team were all-Americans, except for Sharon Collins, who went on to be an All-American each of the next two years. Right. So he was a second-team All-American in 2009, first-team All-American in 2010, but he was sort of a, a backup on that 08 national title team. So baji has got the championship, and he has the individual awards. So if you want to make that argument, I mean, I'm not going to argue with Bill Self, you know? True, true. And Bill, and Bill Self... Um, for all of the varying opinions about him,
0: he is a very steady-handed guy, very steady-handed coach, and uh, and, and distant personality as well. So, I um, mean, he, he gave a great answer in the press conference about it and uh, explained all the reasons why he thought that, felt that, and uh, it justified it pretty well. It's now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. How about our bracket challenge winners? This is pretty fun. We're still trying to track down some of the names, but here's what we got for the... Uh, Nuana's now ESPN Missoula Bracket Challenge presented by Paradise Falls. The first prize winner, the username Cody AK. So, Kodiak, that's K O D Y A K. That's the username. If you are said person, <laughs> let us know. Uh, but our second place winner is Nick. And our third place winner is Kim. And we've heard from. Kim, and we've been in contact with Nick, so we got those three on lock. So that's very good. Congratulations to all three winners. The prize packages are tremendous. Uh, Thanks so much to Paradise Falls for providing the $400 grand prize. It also comes with a $250 gift card from Dazzler's Car Wash to keep your rig looking all nice and shiny and clean. also comes with a $25 gift card to Tagliari Deli. And a sweet memorabilia box, courtesy of Zootown Sports Cars. This thing's valued about $600. So pretty good first prize there. And then uh, second prize gets a $100 gift card from Dazzler's Car Wash, a $75 gift card from Paradise Falls, $25 from Taglieri, and uh, a variety of other prizes, plus a cool helmet uh, gift box, a memorabilia box from Zootown Sports Cars valued about $110. And then our third prize, you're going to get... Um, a $50 gift card to Paradise Falls, as well as a uh, $50 gift card to Dazzler's Car Wash, and a $25 gift card to Taglieri. So some good prizes there. And then for our Second Chance brackets, we got we know uh, our first place winner Brent. We also know our third place winner Stu, but our second place winner R Dub Hawk 86. If you are R Dub Hawk 86 and you hear this while <laughs> you're listening. Text us, 406-888-1029. Again, we're we're confused about this because it's not actually confusing. We're just sort of stuck. The uh, uh, the ESPN site doesn't let you click on it. Uh, So we need you to tell us uh, who is what and where. No one is now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. I was down there at Grizz Pro Day today. I was freezing. Um, uh, And I think that certainly affected the performance of the athletes. But here, I was just typing on my computer because I'm trying to grab the results here because Eric Tabor from Montana Sports Information just uh, sent these out. So the athletes that were competing in this, Sammy Kim, wide receiver, these are all former Grizz, Dylan Cook, offensive line, Omar Hicks-Anu, a defensive back. Cam Humphrey, a quarterback, but he was uh, mostly just there to throw to the other guys doing drills. Kevin Macias, a kicker. Moses Mallory, an offensive lineman. Matt O'Donohue, a long snapper. And Gavin Robertson, a safety. Um, And probably the standout day of today was um, Omar Hicks-Anu. I think that... Andrew sort of pointed to that, predicted that yesterday, and uh, it sort of played out like that. So uh, his probably most standout numbers. He didn't as a defensive back. I don't know what he would play in the NFL, a corner or a safety. Uh, he came in at, at six foot and three quarters, two hundred one pounds, so adequate size, especially if he's going to play corner. Ran four five eight in the forty, though, so that that is just a little bit of a knock. He's wanted to see under a four five number there. But he was really good in the vertical and horizontal jumps. 36 and a half inch vertical for Omar Hexanu and a 10 foot eight in the broad jump. He also ran 428 in the pro shuttle, which is adequate, and 788 in the L drill, which is also adequate. So, oh uh, no, didn't I think he helped himself a little bit today? Uh, I think he certainly helped himself a little bit. And uh, th- probably the guy that. Well, he had a good bench number, which is impressive coming back from a broken collarbone. But he also ran a little slow in the forty and was a little bit less explosive than you'd probably hope in the uh, jumps. And that—that that was Sammy Akim. He um, he ran four six high four sixes, his two different forties, and uh, four six nine his time officially on the uh, the thing that. Um sent out just 31 inches in the 31 and a half inches. Excuse me in the vertical jump. He was good in the broad jump. 10-2 is a good mark. four, five, two 2 in the pro shuttle is a little slow. And 7-3-4 uh, in the L drill, okay, definitely okay. 6-3 three and 3/8, three which is good, and uh, almost 11 inch hands and 81 inch wingspan. So certainly um, the measurables. Uh, just in terms of his body, but if you're going to be a big receiver, you have to be at least a little bit fast. And the four six nine, it, it hurts him a little bit for sure. Uh, Dylan Cook also had a, a pretty good day. Uh, he he measured it. a lot of times. The measurements on the roster aren't uh, as applicable. Uh, a lot of times they they fib a little bit, and um, Dylan Cook was exactly what he's been listed at on the Montana roster, which is a good thing. That that usually helps you. He was listed at 6'6", 315, and he, he came in at 6'6 and a half, 308, so even a little taller uh, than maybe uh, he had initially been listed at. But he was also – he showed he was really athletic. He ran 5'06", in the 40, which is good for a man of 308 pounds, 32-inch vertical, which is really good, 8'8", in the broad jump, 4'8", in the pro shuttle, 7'6", in the L drill, so – pretty adequate he looked pretty athletic I thought he moved uh, pretty well and then the, the other guys uh, I mean you know it, it was all about could he just figure out t- how to show any semblance of athleticism that can hang on the field because he, he just needs to employ his skill he just needs to be really good uh, at the long snapping element of the game and then be able to actually stay on the field so I thought he looked good the drills and uh, everything else you know I don't know I don't really know how much that goes into it. But he definitely didn't kill himself. It was definitely fine what he did in the athletic drills. So uh, that is what it is. Gavin Robertson, the safety, he ran 4.66, 33 and a half inch vertical, 10 foot even on the broad. Did not do the pro shuttle uh, or the L drill. And uh, Kevin Macias, he, he was pretty accurate and he didn't do any of the, the running stuff. So that sort of is what it is. And, and the, probably the, the top mark proportionally to other prospects was Moses Mallory with 34 reps on the bench press. Uh, only because so many guys now aren't really doing the bench press, they're either foregoing it because of offseason surgeries or you know previous injuries or whatever it might be. I like Troy Anderson still hasn't bench for scouts, but there's no real uh, benefit to it. He's had multiple shoulder surgeries, he's had multiple shoulder injuries. I mean, even guys like uh, the big D tackle from Georgia, he didn't be- he didn't bench at the combine either. So. um, Maybe it's a part of the testing that's going away. I don't know. We shall see. But uh, Moses Mallory's 34 reps would have been one of the top marks of the combine, partially because that's a really good number, and also partially because it's a drill that's maybe not being done uh, quite as often. It's now ESPN Radio as well as SWX Montana Television. We'll come back around to this. Maybe we can get some sound uh, from a couple of the guys that participated. I was having a hard time getting it off. Uh, It sounds like Andrew's got some sound loaded up, actually, so that's good. I was having a hard time because I was making videos and uh, doing um, some audio, and then we were trying to splice it all together. And I don't know. I don't want to rant about it. This technology these days, though. uh, It's amazing what we can capture on video and audio-wise. It's also not – there's nothing about it that's easy – in terms of getting it off of your device and translating it into being able to play it on the radio. It, it it should be the simplest thing in the world. It is In step, it's the simplest thing in the world. It's just not. It just doesn't work like it should. <laughs> and I'll just absolutely leave it at that. But let's hear from a couple of the guys, uh, guys that I think that, you know, I think it's a long shot for these guys. If both Dylan Cook and Sammy Akim got into camps, it wouldn't shock me. But uh, and I think that Dylan Cook probably helped his case for that slightly today. I do think Sammy Kim probably hurt his case a little bit slightly today. But these are two of the best guys around, and uh, yeah, that's one thing I think I always remind myself and remind others as well. One of the best parts about sports is the lesson that it teaches us that sometimes you can want something as bad as you possibly want, you can try to dream it into existence, you can do everything in your power to work for it, and it still might not happen, and that's okay. As long as you gave your best effort, that's okay. There's no such thing as failure as long as you tried. And uh, that's what I think these guys can can rest on now is that they gave it a run, they gave it a shot. So let's hear from first uh, Sammy Kim, a guy who's joined us on this show a lot of times during his career, one of our favorite guys, uh, a wonderful guy who uh, definitely left his mark on the Missoula community, far beyond the football field. He's a great advocate for his family and where he came from uh, in Broken Arrow, Oklahoma, and a guy I've just loved so much getting to know. Him. I mean, one of my favorite guys I've covered since – probably actually my favorite guy I've covered since I moved back to Missoula. Definitely the guy that's come on this show the most amount of times and the guy I've interacted with the most. So uh, congratulations to him on a phenomenal Grizz career. Maybe one step left. Here's Sammy and Kim following Montana's pro day earlier today. How would that feel?
1: It good. Uh, you know, I've been putting a lot of work into this. You know, I had a setback in December, so I felt good being able to get out here and get back to 400% healthy and, you know –
0: put my numbers out there when you get the alerts on your phone the night before I mean why does that affect your mentality come into this uh, that's just that's how you practice your mental
1: toughness you know it's not favorable it's not what you would like but you know you still gotta you still got to go out there and, and do what you do you know it's it's not ideal but you know it is what it is What is it like when there's that, you know, the the pressure to perform at, like, a pro day? How did you kind of want to handle that, and how do you feel like you did under those uh, circumstances? I think I did pretty good, you know, given all the circumstances. Um, There's pressure, but there's been pressure in everything you do in football, you know. Playoffs is pressure. Playing the Cats is pressure. Playing UW is pressure, so, you know. Um, I feel like it's just another step in the right direction to be able to
0: handle pressure. Your, ha- so, your, your hat, is that where you trained? Yeah. So, where, where is it at?
1: In Ohio. Okay, like cool. Dayton, Ohio, oh, Etienne, Ohio. Cool. Yeah. There's nothing out there. I thought when I came to Montana, I thought there was nothing in Montana, and then I go to <laughs> Ohio. There's nothing out there. But it's like an hour outside of Cincinnati, and uh, it's a good facility. You know, it, um, they, they they emphasize mental, spiritual, and physical, so it was it was really good out there for two months so I went out there at the beginning of February and I was out there until Sunday okay, sir.
3: and you mentioned the setback in December I think it was a broken collarbone right from that game so what was the rehab like that and getting kind of back into physical shape leading up to today
1: so it was six weeks of that's how long it takes bone to heal and after that it's just really getting your strength back so um, I was really happy with my bench reps I did 14 and I hadn't even benched 225 before like two weeks ago, so um, I was really excited about what I did the bench. because given what I had been through, you know, I was really thankful for what I was able to do. I just wanted to prove that uh, I've been putting in the work. I just wanted to prove them that even if I have a setback, I'm still gonna come back and, and work my butt off to get to get to best in shape as I possibly can and, and to put the best numbers out there I can. I just wanted to show them that I, I got grit and, and I like to work. Just to be out here with all your former teammates again, what was that like just seeing all these other
3: guys, uh, you know, out here also, you know, trying to get them shot?
1: It was great, you know. It was it was awesome to see. It was awesome to see, and it, it felt good to be out there with you.
4: You've le- it looks like you have leaned up a little bit. Is
1: that, is that fair to say? Yeah, the nutrition and all I was really good, you know. Uh, we were eating three times a day, shakes, bars, all this stuff. Like, it, it was awesome, you know. I never ate like that before in my life, and, yeah, I, I feel good. I think it helped you? Yeah, I think it helped me a lot. What's next for you leading up to the draft? Um, Just continue to train, just continue to get in shape. Because really, I've been training to run 40 yards, so now it's really trying to get in football
0: shape and just wait for that call. So you go Sammy and Kim here on Nuwana's. Now let's hear quickly from Dylan Cook. A unparalleled story, really. A guy who was a high school quarterback, a good one, who first went to a junior college, then went to Montana State Northern, then uh, was kind of sort of a wildcat hybrid type quarterback. Then transferred to the University of Montana as a walk on. Said Bobby Houck told him, I'll play anything. And Houck said, Okay, you look like an offensive tackle to me. And they put him at offensive tackle. And by the second half of his junior year, he was a starter. And by the second half of his senior year, he was one of the better offensive tackles in the league and an all big sky selection as a senior. From Butte America, Dylan Cook here on New now.
3: Montana weather can be something else. (laughs) Uh, I was pretty prepared for everything that was going to be thrown at us, but, you know, weather is just so unpredictable. We kind of just have to go out and do what we can. And just that element, you know, uh, it's like that all the time when you're playing high school, college, things like that. So just that element of uh, how that kind of played today's uh, uh, workouts. (laughs) Just another day. Um, I was slipping here and there on the drills and, you know, nothing I can do about it. Just kind of get back up and, and focus on the next one. What's it like now knowing you kind of put in all the work and now you just kind of have to, you know, kind of wait and hear what what teams have to say? Uh, it's been a pretty hectic last four months, so it's going to be nice to just relax for a couple of days and just kind of let my body rehab. If you if you are able to, you know, play at the next level, like what, what would that mean to you? It would mean a lot. Um, just kind of the reputation, the sorority that is the, or fraternity that is the NFL. Like it's one of the hardest to get into, so just being there, no matter how long, would be an honor. Did
4: you get kind of a feeling of, of a sense of, like, the scouts that were here, that anyone seemed more interested than others, or was it just kind of generic?
3: Didn't really think about it that way, just kind of focused on what I could do and how I could perform my best.
1: With all the physical testing, what did you want to show the scouts here today, and do you feel you did that? Uh, that I can move and that I'm also, you know,
3: athletic. I used to play quarterback, so that's obviously there, but I just wanted to Get in front of them and be able to show it in front of their eyes in person. Did you offer to throw passes for them too, just in case? <laughs> nah, no, Cam had that covered. He wasn't giving that spot up. <laughs> How
0: about just competing with these guys? Because you know you have your last game, but now you get to do something again with some of your senior teammates. It was really
3: fun. I've, I've been working out with uh, Matthew O'Donohue and Gab Robertson for the last like months since I've been back, and just seeing Sammy and Mo and Omar and Cam all come back. It was it was
0: nice to be back to get in with the guys. Dylan Cook here on New Now, ESPN Radio. More on Kansas' national championship win. Why are the Jayhawks so boring? Andrew will tell me why they're not right after this. Keep it right here. ESPN Radio. Sports Bet Montana is powered by the Montana Lottery. Join in on the excitement for Sports Bet Montana by betting on your favorite sports and teams, both collegially and professionally. Smoking on
1: you yeah. what's the name? Tonight, Tonight. Smoking on your shows ain't Tonight. I am the old mega.
3: PGLA, rolling game, SIE. Don't you address me unless it's with four letters. I thought you'd known better. I've been ducking the pandemic up and social gimmicks up and ducking the overnight active this year. I'm not a true. I
0: can't believe they didn't invite Kanye to the Grammys. I I watched way more of the Grammys than I usually do. Only because I was thinking that the Grammys had to find some way to one-up Will Smith slapping the taste out of Chris Rock's mouth. <laughs> but, Connie wasn't there. I thought he was the number one culprit to maybe cause a scene. Not so much. It was now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. The playlist again today is brought to you by the Grammys. These are some of the songs that were up for record of the year. That was a little uh, Kendrick Lamar there for you. Really getting into Kendrick. He's really sweet. Really good. And, uh, the rest of the playlist will be also feature songs that were up for record of the year at the Grammys over the weekend. Thanks so much for hanging out with us here on your Tuesday. No one is now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. If you want to be a part of the conversation, you can always text us, 406 We'll keep calling out for engagement from our uh, bracket challenge winners. We know who four out of the six prize people are. We're still looking for two more. So we'll uh, continue to search for Cody AK, Cody with a K-A-K, AK, uh, as well as R Dub Hawks 86. So text us if you're one of those fine people. Kansas ended the Assembly Tournament last night as the champion, 72 69 over North Carolina. A spirited run by the Tar Heels. Uh, they ran out of gas. They were, it was all North Carolina in the first half, and then they sort of just ran out of steam. And uh, Kansas, its first national championship since 2008. Kansas holds such a distinctly unique place in my sporting mind because I've never really thought anything of Kansas besides that they just seem like they're the same to me all the time, and that same is boring. Maybe, though, it's because they haven't had a lot of volatility, a lot of scandal, a lot of uh, lack of success. They've just basically been the most consistent program in the United States of America in my 35 years on earth. So, uh, Andrew Houghton, our producer here, at ESPN Missoula. He is a Kansas guy I followed Kansas his whole life. Why do
2: they seem so boring to me? Cause you're a Philistine Coulter. When if, you, <laughs> if you come in and your take is that Kansas is boring, you're telling on yourself, man, Kansas is the birthplace of basketball. Right. So don't you think they get way too much pub for that? Like how do you mean? Like we're just
0: obsessing over some romantic notion that doesn't matter at all? Like who cares who invented basketball?
2: Do you not? Well, I mean, there's it's, not, it's not there's like... not there's not a team that's worshipped because some guy created football or baseball. That's because the origin story of basketball is different from the origin stories of those sports, man. Baseball came out of like nothing. Baseball was like a game that came out of some other random British games. There's no inventor of baseball. I mean, for as much as you want to talk about Alexander Cartwright, I mean, there's no inventor of football. It's a lot of, like, Pop Warner and Amos Alonzo Stagg and Walter Camp's ideas hmm. merging into a game. There's How a guy much, right, right. who wrote down the rules of basketball. His name is Dr. James Naismith. Totally. He taught at the University of Kansas. I, I understand
0: the, the history of it. And I'm a big history guy. I think history is very important. I, uh, I guess part of it has been that, again, this is my own personal bias, my own personal way of viewing the game of basketball. But has there ever been, like, a truly exciting, transcendent player from Kansas in the NBA? Who's the best? Chamberlain. Paul oh, okay, Pierce. Okay, okay. I, I despise Paul Pierce. Well, I, I, love, I can't I love argue his... against your own bias. No, I I understand. No, I understand. But, but, Paul, but, but Paul Pierce is a great example. Paul Pierce is one of the greatest Kansas Jayhawks of all time. He's also a surefire NBA Hall of Famer. I have tremendous respect for his toughness. Probably one of my favorite sports stories ever written by S.L. Price. The truth revealed all about Paul Pierce and his journey from when he got stabbed and almost killed to then leading the Boston Celtics to the NBA championship and his distinctly unique place among Boston Celtics legends because he is not like any of the rest of them, not like any of the legends, but Paul Pierce as a player is exactly what I think of Kansas basketball, solid, productive, uh, consistent, also
2: underwhelming and slow and clunky. (laughs) Okay, none of those things are true about Paul Pierce, but I see what you're saying here. College basketball is so much about the next big thing, the shooting star, the guy who takes over the the public consciousness for right, right. A, a week, or in the case of the tournament, a month, like Jimmer right. Fredette. Danny or, Manning was one of the great
0: examples of that in the high in the heyday of college basketball. True. I actually think that's why Danny Manning is the most revered Kansas Jay- Jayhawk of all time. When he led Kansas on that run, he was amongst so many of the like most. I guess famous,
2: for lack of a better way of saying it, college no, basketball No, and ever. that's back like when you were talking, when college basketball was, way was, bigger than the, NBA. was the one show yeah. that there was, yeah. No, that's absolutely right, and like we said, I mean, when Danny Manning won it, they weren't supposed to win it, and it had been 35 years since the last time they won it, so that's why he's iconic there. I don't know, man, I I got into Kansas when I was a little kid because they were always on TV. Uh, they've got the the red and blue colors. I mean, Allen Fieldhouse is one of the most iconic venues in college basketball. I mean, they're they're a blue blood. I think you're just focusing more on... They have had some boring teams. I think you're just focusing more on their boring teams. It's not like Duke and North Carolina don't have boring teams in some years. You know, And, and Kansas has a narrative that's as good as any of those teams. I mean, this year... You've talked about the narrative the whole time. Bill Self can't get it done in the tournament. Why is that? Is that a narrative? Is that something that people should be talking about? Right. I mean, I know people were were focused on Duke, North Carolina, and that was an awesome story, and it would have been a great story if one of those teams had won it. This narrative is just as good, man, coming back in, and getting that title you know, 15 years after the first one with a bunch of heart-wrenching losses in there with the lost 2020 season where they were going to be a favorite. It's a good story, man. It is a good story.
0: And and I always like to do segments like this, not because I'm trying to be a
2: hater. I don't
0: like to hate anything. And Kansas is objectively great at basketball. I mean, they're one of the great basketball institutions in the country. So I kind of just like to hash it out. I, I do think, though, that their teams, I think that I'm sort of coming to for I'm sort of uh, hashing this out of my brain now. I think part of it is that Kansas's with the exception of their national championship teams, all the rest of their teams seem to just bleed together because they're always in the tournament and they're always in the Sweet 16, and it's just a matter of if they're going to get
2: to the Final Four or not. Well, here's the thing that I think you're focusing on, too. Bill Self is one of the most stylistically like steady coaches For sure. in the country. Yes. And Bill Self's style, I will admit, not particularly entertaining. Bill Self right. wants to build around the post. he wants to get an experienced post player in there who he can swing the ball side to side and feed the ball into them and then work his offense inside out from there. and that's why you end up some of the uh, some of the the most accomplished Kansas players in Bill Self's tenure have been senior, Right, Power right, forwards right. who are tweeners in the NBA, like Perry Ellis and like Thomas Robinson, Cole Aldridge, yep, Jeff yep, Withey, yep, yep. guys like that. It's not a super entertaining style that he plays, right. but because he can get the talent in, he never has to vary from that style. Sure. They're never going to run the dribble drive. They're never going to speed it up. They've had a super entertaining uh, guards. Super entertaining athletic players. I mean, Agbaji's alley-oop against Villanova sure. in the Final Four is one of the craziest athletic plays that I've seen. Bill Self still wants to throw it into the post and establish things that way. So maybe that's that's yep. part of it. And, like you said, makes the teams run together a little bit.
0: Well, and also their best teams didn't have necessarily their best individual players, and also a lot of their best individual talents didn't really play there that long. Like I'm looking at the, the list of guys from Kansas who went to the NBA early, and it's all of the best guys from Kansas, but then you almost forget that they went to Kansas. Like, it's easy to forget that Andrew Wiggins was at Kansas for a year. Yeah, It's easy to forget that Josh Jackson
2: was at Kansas. Like, those guys... Ben McLemore, ben Xavier McLemore, Henry was the original guy. Yeah, this was yeah. the year they lost to Northern Iowa in the tournament that I right. thought that team was going to be the greatest team that I had ever seen. When they got Xavier Henry and his brother in, Right, not good. Xavier right. Henry, completely forgettable NBA career. Yeah, No, you're right. They, they haven't had the... The shooting star. I mean, Embiid for a year, but Embiid then wasn't what Embiid is now because he was still growing. For sure, yeah. He was nothing compared to what he was, uh what, what he would become, I should say.
0: Um and, Yeah, and, and they also had a couple teams that were probably actually their better or even best teams that got upset too. I mean, like that team that was led by Ray LaFriends somewhere in the mid mid to late 1990s was definitely one of their best teams. And they just got upset. That was one of one of, if not Roy Williams' best teams at Kansas. Then there was also the other great Roy Williams team with like Drew Gooden and Wayne uh, Wayne Simeon. Is that right? Yeah, Kirk Heinrich. Kirk Heinrich. That that, that team should have won the national championship, and they well, didn't. they lost to Carmelo
2: Anthony. Right. Interesting. Yes, that's true. And uh, so, well, I, I don't but know. that was that was right after they smashed. Marquette and Dwayne Wade in either the Elite Eight or the Final Four. They went into that 03 National Championship game and lost to Carmelo and uh, Hakeem Warwick. Right. Hakeem Warwick, good one. That guy
0: was uh, a nightmare for the Montana Grizzlies once upon a time as well. No one is Radio, SWX, uh, Montana Television. Yeah, perhaps uh, being the model of consistency eliminates, uh, uh, or at least, impedes in, in uh, an element of excitement. I don't know. But the fact that it's sort of death taxes and Big 12 championships for the Kansas Jayhawks, and uh, now they got a national championship. And a great run by Kansas, particularly the latter half of the tournament. Uh, just uh, awesome the way that they came back, and particularly last night in that 72-69 victory over North Carolina. Let's uh, just hear... One quick bite of sound from Bill Self. He was the head coach of the Jayhawks, or he is the head coach of the Jayhawks, and uh, he just had a thought about why the team is so good uh, at coming back uh, in the second half. They had the, the great second-half rally against Miami. They had the great second-half rally last night. They're down by as many as 15 points against North Carolina, but they were able to come out and, boom, cut it down to, uh, I think, eight or nine And uh, then they were able to overtake and then overcome and uh, earn their fourth ever national championship, including their third, uh, during the NCAA era. While Andrew's getting that queued up, it's game day, so get ready for all the action. Fast breaks, slam dunks, buzzer beating, three-pointers, and more. Can you see all the game day action excitement? Can you really see it? If you wish your vision was clearer. Vance Thompson Visions, world-class team, and experienced doctors can help. Vance Thompson Vision uses the most advanced technology to provide you with the best possible outcome for your eyes. You can request your free laser vision consultation from the premier LASIK and cataract surgeon in Montana. Visit VanceThompsonVision.com today for more information. Just a brief thought from Bill Self on the second national championship of his career after Kansas defeated North Carolina last night
2: which is mostly, I told them we need to play better. Uh, did you just kind of run that inspiration back today at halftime, or did what did you say? There wasn't much
0: inspiration. Uh, I did tell them before the uh, the half was over, I said, which would be harder, being down 9 with 2 minutes left or being down 15 with 20? And they all said being down 9 with 2 minutes left. I said, so this, we can do this, and, and uh, because that's the way it was in 08. So, uh, and, you know, we, we, we got, what did we get? Three or four stops in a row to start the half, and 15 went to nine like that, and it was anybody's game. So uh, uh, it was pretty special how how one triggered that uh, start of the second half. Third round. No, now, as now, just being been ready a little Bill Self after last night's national championship game victory. We're going to talk a little youth sports. It's the first Tuesday of the spring. And the first Tuesday of April. So our good friend Carolyn, she stops by for her first of two appearances this week. It's not that she does no sports this time around, though. Just some information on some fun soccer camps for your kiddos. Keep it right here. The youth sports segment presented by Pepsi Cola of Missoula. On Duana's now right after this. The advocates can help you if you've been injured in an automobile, motorcycle, pedestrian, or even a dog bite accident. For additional information on other types of cases that the advocates handle, you can always visit MontanaAdvocates.com. You can chat with an experienced attorney with no upfront, out of pocket expense. Visit online or call 406 640 4444 today, or you can visit MontanaAdvocates.com. And remember, you deserve an advocate.
4: One, two,
1: three.
0: I Felt As if I must live under a rock When I watched John Baptiste live on the Grammys Because I was like I don't know who this guy is and As soon as I And, and Jeff and Andrew are both saying they don't know either And they're younger than me so uh, But When I saw him I watched 17 seconds of his performance and I was like well, that guy's like the young James Brown. I love this guy. I'm going to go buy this guy's, you know, I'm going to go download him on Spotify. I'm going to go follow him right now. Uh, great style, great dancing, great performer. I had I had no idea about this guy, but uh, he was up for Record of the Year. This song was up for Record of the Year. So, uh, And I'm into him. I'm definitely into him. He's, he's pretty new. Uh, but Grammy's Playlist Record of the Year, uh, that's your curation of the playlist today. It's his Now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. Colter Nuwana Kevin coming to you from the Northwest Motorsport studio. Now through April 10th, that's just five days, you can get free gas. That's right, free gas when you shop at Northwest Motorsport. nwmsrocks.com slash free gas to check out the largest inventory of trucks anywhere in the Pacific Northwest. Save at the pump by shopping at Northwest Motorsport. Uh, pleasure to have somebody else swing by earlier today. Uh, It's time now for our youth sports segment presented by Pepsi Cola of Missoula. It's April, even though it's snowing and blowing and uh, nothing good outside. But it is the first Tuesday of April, which also serves as the first Tuesday of spring. So that means it's time for our youth sports segment presented by Pepsi Cola of Missoula. Doubling down. You get two doses of the chick who doesn't know sports this week. Our good friend Carolyn in studio. She is very... Supportive of all youth sports, but uh, very involved in the soccer world, and that's, uh, right. that's what you're here to talk about today.
4: That's right. <laughs> Hello.
0: Is this your serious way of being? Your, your serious yes. Uh, this mom? is soccer mom mode. Great. Now,
4: first off, I invited my son to come in and be interviewed for this segment, and he was super excited to do it. And he got sick. No, he got um, nervous. He got stage fright. Why? I don't know. But. Hmm. The reason I invited Nick was because he is part of the wonderful soccer club in Missoula FC Missoula. Yep, sponsored also by Pepsi. Very nice. And they have their summer camp coming up. Cool. Um, their summer camp is June twentieth to the twenty third at Fort Missoula. Um, it's a full day camp and a half to, or a half day camp, and it is. I just have to say, it reinvigorated Nick. Uh, a few years ago, he wasn't sure if he wanted to keep playing soccer. Hmm. And he went to FC soccer camp, and he had the time of his life and realized that soccer is his jam. Love it. Now, you can go there. Your kids can go there even if they're not wanting to play club soccer. They just want to learn a little bit of soccer. They just want to have something fun to do but not a full, long day of camp. Right. Um, So go to fcmissoula.com. You can register. You can learn more about FC Missoula there. And uh, you can check out, you know, get information about the camp. It's awesome.
0: Think about it like this parents that are listening, just think about it as free time for you.
4: Well, it's not free.
0: Well, I know. (laughs) Well, my my sister-in-law was asking me about summer camps because my older nephew's old enough for that. Yep. Send her some stuff. Send her some Grizz basketball camps. She's like, these are so expensive. I said, Kyla, would you pay $10 an hour for five days to have your kid out of your hair? She's like, oh my God, I'm signing up right now. How old is? Six, not five.
4: Yeah, he should do the half day. It's nice. perfect. It's only like 95 bucks, too.
0: Sweet. Yeah. So tell people one more time where they can get this uh, stuff. Go to
4: fcmissoula.com, yep. and you'll find a little link for summer camps and check it out. It's a really great camp. I couldn't recommend it more.
0: And again, it does, you don't have to be like fast-tracking towards playing club soccer. If you are, that's great. If you're not, that's also great. Yep. You can just uh, go have your kids have some fun times outside, get some great instruction. That's right. Youth sports segment first tuesday of every month presented by pepsi cola of missoula presented by pepsi cola of missoula <laughs> who is also the sponsor of fc missoula thank you carolyn thank you SportsBet bet montana is powered by the montana lottery join in on the excitement for sports bet montana by betting on your favorite sports and teams both collegially and professionally